Podcast Answer Man, episode number 376. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, everyone. This is Jamie Tardy from EventualMillionaire.com, and you are listening to the man who is too humble to call himself our leader, our sage, our Jedi master, Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends, it does not matter if you're brand new to this online content-creating world we live in, or if you've been podcasting and creating online content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. You know, that is the second week in the row that I have like kind of tripped up over my intro. I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe I'm just starting to lose my memory or whatever the case may be. But I am so excited about today's episode because it is one of those times where, you know, probably just a day or two before the episode, you're thinking, hmm, what am I going to talk about in this week's episode? And you know, it, it never fails with Podcast Answer Man. There seems to always be something. And so today I've got a lot of things here. We're going to talk about some big articles and the mainstream press that have been talking about podcasting and its growth recently. And uh, I'm going to give my thoughts on some of those articles. Also, Adam Carolla, those of you who have been following the podcasting patent lawsuit story, uh, you know that uh, there was this story that said Adam Carolla, quote unquote, settled, uh, which is not really the case. He um, decided to allow personal audio to drop the case against him. And uh, for a certain period of time, there was a gag order where he had agreed that he would not say anything publicly about how that all went down. And so that gag order is now over and Adam Carolla is now speaking about his experience. And so I've got a couple audio clips from his podcast and I'm going to give you information on how you can go and listen to everything that Adam shared in his show. I've got all that planned for this episode. Also, I had a very wonderful personal experience, something that happens to me all the time. But uh, I had the opportunity while I was out recording a podcast for myself, my Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast, Somebody, as I was walking and recording my show, asked me, hey, is that a microphone and what are you doing? And I told him I was recording a podcast and, well, I get to share with you how I explain to others what a podcast is. It's, uh, I, I, I just thought that this would be a perfect example for that. So I'll, I'll get into a little bit of that. Also, some changes uh, made to my one-day Next Level Workshop with Ray Edwards, a little bit of a change of focus there. I'm going to explain what that change of focus is and why you might be interested in coming and spending a day with myself and Ray Edwards. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Also, a couple other things. In fact, um, I'm going to give an update on Spencer Hawes. Now, that name might be familiar to those of you who sat all the way through episode number 355 of Podcast Answer Man, he did a blog post titled, Why You Should Not Create an Audio Podcast. And I spent, I think, almost two hours in that episode giving my feedback on why he's absolutely wrong. 
And um, anyway, I'm going to give you a little bit of an update. I was really excited about an episode of his podcast that he put out uh, just last week. And yeah, so all of that and... I, don't, I know I can't get too much more, but I have more on my list. We'll see what we get into. But let me just jump right into things and talk about these articles that were released in the mainstream press about podcasting. There were two of them that I'm aware of, and one was from the Washington Post and the other one from a uh, Fast Company. Now, I'm going to start off with the Fast Company article here and tell you that the title of the article was The Surprisingly Profitable Rise of Podcast Networks. Now, I'm going to have links to both of these articles in the show notes over at podcastanswerman.com slash 376. And so if you want to go in and read these entire articles for yourself, I encourage you to do so, certainly. But I did actually pull out just a couple of quotes that I wanted to read out in bullet point fashion here. And some of these are just straightforward quotes I thought that you might be interested in hearing, and some of them I might have some commentary on. So here's one. It says, podcast ad works, ads work really well, says Adam Sachs, who is the CEO of podcast ad sales network uh, Midroll Media. Unlike advertising on en- almost any other medium, he says, people like the interruption mid-program to learn about Squarespace and Stamps.com. I call baloney on this, all right? Um, so basically, he says, unlike other advertising um, platforms and medium, he says people like the interruption mid-program to learn about Stamps.com, Squarespace.com, and all these other sites out there. And no, I do not like advertising on... Uh, television. I love my dish hopper that allows me to record prime time anytime and every single time I have the opportunity to say yes, automatically skip commercials. I choose yes. I do not like commercials. Do I tolerate them when I have to? Absolutely. Do I understand that that's how uh, much of the content that I that that I consume gets created as the result of funding from advertising? Absolutely. Do I like it? No. I tolerate it. I'm okay with it most of the time. But anyway, I just wanted to say, I, 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 the, to say that people who are consuming content like for our content creators to pause what they're saying, to take a break from their agenda of content that they've set aside for us, that they want to share with us, to say that we like them to spend two and a half minutes talking about their Audible uh, books that they're listening to, to say that we like to hear about Squarespace or um, that, what is that one? Uh, I see, I, here's the thing, I can't even remember the name of it. Legal, legal Zoom? I think it's Legal Zoom. They're not a law firm. Did you know that? I mean, they're quite annoying after a while, especially ones that have been on there for, for a long time. You know, um, I, I, I'm here, I need to shave right now, and I'm thinking maybe I should go get a Tom's razor. Is it effective? Yeah, it's. It, I'm not arguing. Uh, the the Tom that uh, podcast advertising isn't effective. It it is effective. Do I like listening to the ads? No. Um, do I mind hearing about a new sponsor or a new advertiser one time, the very first time it's being announced? It's like, hey, we've got a new advertiser. I do like to kind of hear that, but do I want to hear it more than once? Not really. Um, and certainly not every single week for for months and months and months, which I've had to endure. 
uh, for years on many podcasts that I listen to. So anyway, that's the first thing that I, I, I saw in that article that I just totally disagree with. Now, there's another quote in here from the Fast Company article. It says, Slate's podcasting guru Andy Bowers says, people really pay attention to ads. That's partly because they have to. The hosts are often right in your ear, and there's no quick way to change the station, like on a radio. Even scrolling past an ad takes more effort than it's worth. What if you skip ahead too far? All right. Again, I call baloney on this one. Um, it is not too difficult to skip ads. In fact, I often do. I make a I make it a point to skip every single ad in the uh, This Week in Tech podcast. I make it an effort to uh, skip every single ad in uh, Mac Break Weekly and most every other podcast out there that I listen to. I will listen to it the first time. If it's a new advertiser, I've never heard of them before. I like to see who's supporting the shows that I listen to and stuff like that. But I tend to skip uh, past those commercials, especially if they're longer than 15 seconds. Uh, you know, it just it, it, it just gets a little long in the tooth. You hear it over and over again, especially for those of you who have very short format podcasts, and I'm talking like 15 minutes or less, and you've got 90 seconds worth of commercial in your show. I it's it's not it's I don't enjoy it and and actually it's what if you scroll too fast or too far ahead it's not a big deal on most podcasting applications there's the ability to scroll thirty seconds forward by hitting a button and then um, in some applications you can even adjust what those buttons do will do sometimes you can say when I hit the button go forward sixty seconds forty five seconds fifteen seconds twenty seconds not every app allows you to do that but some of them do. And most of them, by default, will skip forward 30 seconds. And then the back button, oftentimes, again, some applications allow you to adjust that. So you can set it to where the fast forward button might jump you 30 seconds ahead, but the backwards button, the the reverse button, will only take you back 10 seconds or 15 seconds. And so if you jump forward too fast and all of a sudden now you hear Leo and his guests are talking about a different topic, well, I just hit the back button a couple times uh, more, you know, to, it's like, oh, you know what, until I start hearing that transition right between the end of the ad. So to say that I enjoy listening to ads as a podcast consumer, I think that's baloney and saying that it's too difficult to that you know that people have to listen to them no it's becoming increasingly more convenient to skip the ads as we move forward and by the way that may not be a great thing for podcasting but it is a reality and i think that one uh, one day it it will be as just as possible some for some people to actually create technology that will help you automatically skip ads uh, in a particular podcast, especially if those become a little bit more automated or pre-inserted. And I've certainly even seen some of that back in 2006, 2007. Uh, yeah, anyway, so it, it, it is possible. Anyway, let's see here. Adam Sachs says, but more than that, listeners like and trust hosts. Their paid produ- promotional messages sound more like a friend's recommendation than a sponsorship. The passive endorsement is really powerful. This is absolutely true. I 100% agree with this. Host-spoken endorsements, especially when, and and here's the thing, it's the question is whether or not you know, like, and trust the host of that podcast. 
And if you do, and you really do believe that those people genuinely do care about that particular business, and it's not just about the money for them, and you really get a sense that, you know, when I hear, here's the deal, when Dan Miller talks about Harry's, the razor company, you know, I, I, I actually do believe Dan Miller. I believe the words that he's saying. And, and in fact, have I actually signed up for my free trial kit of Harry's shaving thing? No, I haven't yet. But every single time I'm up there in my, in my bathroom, of course, you can tell I haven't shaved today. I love working for myself. I don't have to do that all the time. But, uh, you know, I'm at the end of a pack of those disposable, you know, four razor, you know, razors. And uh, when I go to get those again, or when I tell my, instead of telling my wife that I'm out of those, I am thinking about signing up for Harry's just to try it out because I have heard Leo Laporte talk about it because I listened to it the first one or two times that he mentioned Harry's. And I have listened to it the one or two times that that Dan Miller has talked about Harry's. And as a result of that, I am now aware of Harry's. And and the now I believe Leo Laporte uses Harry's, but I don't think that Leo used Harry's before he was approached to buy podcasting or an ad, as an advertiser for it. Dan Miller had heard about Harry's before, was already uh, using it before he heard about the affiliate program, and, and that's what he said. And I believe him because of the fact that I know, like, and trust him. So yeah, it, it is extremely powerful. Do I know the, do I know all the advertisers of the podcasts that I listen to? Yes, I'm very familiar with them. Do I like listening to the ads? No. Is it too difficult for me to skip? No, I often do. Does that actually reduce their effectiveness? Absolutely not. I use FreshBooks today because of Leo Laporte. Um, you know, I, I actually did. I was an Audible subscriber for a good period, probably a year and a half, uh, because of Leo Laporte. Um, so there, there are all kinds of things that I've purchased as a result of hearing from these folks. So I do agree that, um, that, yeah, the, the, the host spoken endorsements can be extremely powerful, especially if the host of the show is of high integrity and really does use the product and, and is able to convince people of its value. So Absolutely, hands down, I totally agree with that. And by the way, this isn't brand new. This has been this has been the case since 2004, 2005, ever since podcasts have been out. And by the way, I've had advertisers, I've had sponsors, and they have been extremely successful. I've done host spoken endorsements, and it's been extremely um, uh, successful. Now, I'm going to tell you from my end, I had a I had one sponsor for four and a half years for my family from the heart show that I do with my wife. Did I enjoy doing the advertising? No, I did not. Did my listeners enjoy hearing that the advertising every single week in the show? I bet you they didn't, quote unquote, like it. But I can tell you that they tolerated it. I, I did it. it was, I understood that this was an, a way for me to generate income for my podcast. My audience understood this was a way that I was generating income for my podcast. And they were okay with it. But again, it's it's a far stretch to say that it's it's in it, it's a it's something that people like. All right, so there, there's a just a little bit of that going back and forth here. So let's see here. But Uber loyal podcast audience are more than ad dollars. Thank you. Uh, this is from the article. Broadcasters, or let's say podcasters here, have discovered dedicated readers or <laughs> readers seriously dedicated readers. Dedicated audience members will pay more. I'm, I'm saying that. They actually said readers. 
They called them broadcasters, and then he says they're dedicated readers. But anyway, he let me just read to you what the article says, okay? He says, it says, um, broadcasters have discovered dedicated readers will pay more for intimate experiences with their favorite hosts. This is absolutely true. Um, this is true of my podcasting A to Z course. This is true of the one day uh, mastermind, the next level one day mastermind events that I've done or that uh, that I did, the the podcast mastermind organization that I ran. Um, and it's even true of the next level one day workshop that I'm doing with Ray Edwards that I'm going to talk a little bit more about. People who are 100% completely loyal dedicated fans of the kind of content that you're creating and the and the value that you're offering those people they're more than just ad dollars and the, and you know what the thing is is they're more than just potential customers who will pay for your live events but the reality is is there are more than one way to monetize that's what the article is getting to and that is absolutely true and in fact i think both articles that i'm covering today actually have too much spent on focused on advertising and the thing is is that is that's that's the trend of where a lot of people are going to end up going when it comes to their podcast. But only the ones who can generate and garner those really large audiences. Okay? So let's see here. Here are a couple of bold highlights that I've done from the article. Here's one. Although none of the old school radio players would actually put it this way, they view podcasts as the future or at least an important part of it. Each mentioned using podcasts to reach newer, new, younger, and more diverse audiences. And here's a quote. People under the age of 30 do not own radios, noted WNYC's, uh, yeah, WNYC's CEO and president, Laura Walker. So here you have uh, WNYC, the CEO of this radio network over there, the CEO and president, she says, people under the age of 30 do not own radios. And you want to know something? I have two cars that have radios in them. Um, I don't, I cannot remember the last time I turned the radio on for anything other than to connect it via Bluetooth to listen to either streaming music from my uh, Spotify or Beats Music Now or my podcasting application. I do not listen to the radio. And by the way, if I were to buy a car today and there was an option to get, you know, something other than a radio, I would not I don't need a radio. I wouldn't want one. And and my kids, you know, I have a 9-year-old, a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old right now. The of the three of them, none of them have ever owned a radio before in their life. Not one. However, uh, all three of my children have an iPhone. All three of my children have iPad minis and, you know, Kindles and all these other things. But they do not have or do not own a radio. They know what one is still, but um, I agree with that. I love that. Here's some other things from this article that I enjoyed as far as things that are getting out into the mainstream as far as understanding. As more shows prove the magic of podcasts to generate actual money, Audiences continue to grow. In the last year alone, the amount of people listening to podcasts has gone up 25%. And people who podcast, podcast hard, listening to an average of six podcasts per week. Now, here's the deal. I, I, I think I need a little bit of, to do a little bit of interpretation. And I could be wrong, but I think the author of this article, when, she, when he or she says 
people who podcast podcast hard. I think what in light of and in context of this, you know, the number of people who are listening to podcasts when when they're saying and people who podcast podcast hard, I think they and people who listen to podcasts listen to podcasts in a very devoted way. So I don't think that I, I think what sh- the article is saying is those who actually enjoy a podcast enjoy as many as six different podcasts per week. And I fit within that category. I I would say that I consume a minimum of six podcast episodes per week from six different podcasts that I subscribe to. And and it might be a right around the number six, actually. All right, so good statistic there. But anyway, um, the podcast listening audience has grown 25% in the last year. That's good stuff. And now it also has another quote here. It says, now 58% of Americans own a smartphone, which has multiple podcasting apps that automate that process. Now, of course, the article continued to talk about the fact that this is one of the reasons why podcasting is becoming so popular. And also, hundreds of millions of people now have an iOS 8 device. And um, now, you know, iOS 8 on their Apple device and all of those application, all of those devices now have an application called Podcasts that cannot be removed. This is brand new. Uh, before you could get the application, it was a special download. Uh, yes, there was some strong urging from Apple to download this entire bundle of different podcasts or different apps, one of which was the Podcasts app. But now it's there. It cannot be removed. You have you're forced to do something with it, and this is huge. I love it. Anyway, and then, of course, um, there is one other thing here. It says, now around 20% of Americans listen to a podcast at least once per month. 20% of Americans. And this is, by the way, coming from Edison Research. And uh, I looked at that Edison Research, and one of the slides says, an estimated 39 million Americans have listened to a podcast in the pre- in the past month. Pretty awesome stuff. Anyway, I think the... You know, certainly this article is is talking about the rise in popularity of podcasting, which it is a a significant increase. And in you know, in the last six to twelve months, maybe even eighteen months, there has well, ever since LTE and four G internet and smartphone apps came about, there's been an increase in interest and popularity among podcasts. Now, the thing is, is what they're getting excited about is the profitability. You know, the and, and you know what? That's what caused the big podcast bubble back in the early days of 2005, 2006. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, we're going to jump on this podcast bandwagon. We're going to create a podcast and we're going to make lots of money from it. And those are the people, when they didn't make money back then, said podcasting is dead, which they were wrong. It never died. It never went away. And by the way, it was profitable. I've, I've, been, in, I've been profitable in podcasting for many years. And um, I didn't need to raise $1.5 million to start my startup. Although I'm not um, not knocking Alex Bloomberg for, you know, starting his startup company for podcasting. Uh, he obviously is doing a whole different genre and format and wants to do a production quality uh, or a production company. And I think that's great. And I can understand his desire to build $1.5 million. But um Anyway, interestingly enough, oh, by the way, I listened to the most recent episode of the Startup Podcast, which I mentioned just at the end of last week's episode of Podcast Answer Man, and I listened to it today, and uh, I, I just, he actually revealed right there in his podcast, I think it's episode number four, 
Uh, that MailChimp, it's the second episode that MailChimp has sponsored, and MailChimp is paying him $6,000 per episode. Now, if he gets, I don't know how long that um, sponsorship will last. Um, the first two sponsors that he had, it seemed like they only signed on for one episode each, so it doesn't seem to me like he's getting that long-term drawn-out thing, but certainly he, he's got a large audience. He's got a lot of attention. And and so it, I think it's a valuable investment of $6,000 for a company like MailChimp who can afford that. So I think they'll get a reasonable return on that ad, those advertising dollars. But to actually look at Alex Bloomberg right now and declare him a profitable business, I question that. You know, so, I mean, I, I think he will be profitable. I think there's the potential of being profitable overall and in the long run. But the question is a couple things. Can you do this? Can I do this? Can I do what he's doing? I don't think so. I mean, it, to, to, to all of a sudden say, you know, to put out these articles that say all of a sudden podcasting is profitable uh, and, and now's the time to, you know, really jump into this thing. You know, Alex Bloomberg would not be able to achieve what Alex Bloomberg is achieving if he was not in the position of where he has been over the last several years of his life. You know, he, I mean, even the articles, they're always saying, they're always quick to say Alex Bloomberg, you know, uh, who was the producer of this, you know, on, on This American Life and uh, that um, other show on, on NPR. I mean, it, it, the fact is, is the guy, everybody recognizes his voice from NPR. They, he's got that, the weight of that brand carried over to him and in spite of what we talked about last week or what I talked about last week with the artwork in spite of his artwork he still got all of this attention which is wonderful but can an average Joe who has not been producing for this American life get out there and hustle and create this kind of a buzz and get six thousand dollars from a sponsor right away no let's put it this way 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
uh, and say, you know, look how successful he is. Well, hello, the guy had mainstream. I mean, I, I think that wasn't he a co-host of this thing called The Man Show with Jimmy Kimmel? I mean, this he's he's been in Hollywood and all these other things. He's he's built up to where he is, and and so he sure he can launch a podcast and and instantly have an audience. Can you and I do that? No, unless we have that. You know, even very popular, you know, entrepreneurial podcasts, you know, the, who all of a sudden go out of, come from seemingly out of nowhere and, and launch a podcast and, and do extremely well by most people's definition and is a success and, and, and stuff like that and has done extremely well for himself. And can, mo- can everybody do what that person's done? I don't know. Do you have the backstory? Do you have the, 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 uh, do you have the funding? Or I mean, I happen to know back history of of some of these people. You know, can somebody else out there do what these people are doing? You know, it it the likelihood of just copying somebody else's success is not as great as what you think it might be. And a lot of people just say, "Wow, would you like to turn your business? Would you like to make a lot of profit from your podcast? Would you like to?" all of a sudden uh, find out how to turn your podcast into your full-time career. You know, here's what I can tell you. I can tell you this right now. I, if, in 2000, this is, I'm coming up on the end of 2014. If I decided I wanted to do this, in 2015, I could create a brand on how to turn your hobby into a full-time career, you know, and, and I could literally start that business. I did this. Let me tell you about my story about how I turned my co- my hobby into a full-time career and how now I'm making this much money. Look at how much money I'm making. Could I create a half million dollars or more next year alone by convincing people that they can do what I'm what I have done? Yeah, I could make that much money. I could make a half million dollars next year trying to convince people to buy products and services from me, teaching them that they could do what I've done. Now, the thing is, is most people wouldn't want to do what I've done because most people, unfortunately today, only have found me over the last couple of years. And so they don't know the fact that for the first two years that I did this, I did it as a complete hobby without chasing any money whatsoever. And while people say, Cliff, I'd love to be able to do what you've done, most people are not willing to put 40 hours a week into a hobby that they do for fun with no expectation of money and just only for the sole purpose of building relationships and and investing in people's lives and serving them in a, in a, in a way that just really brings great joy and passion to your heart. Most people aren't interested in per- starting their journey with a two years of no income and then all of a sudden to to get to the place where where I was debt free. That's a part of my story. You know, most people are not debt free. And if they are, are even if they are not debt free, they're not, most people aren't willing to do the things that it takes to become debt free so that they can have the freedom to leave their nine to five job. Um, at least if they want to do what I did. See, that, that that's the whole thing. You know, I, if I'm going to teach people how to do what I did, it, it, I'm going to tell you what I did. I left my career, and, and, but I was debt free. And there was, you know, did I have much income? And here's the thing. Do you want to do, now let me tell you how to be, how to duplicate my first year in business or, you know, where I only made $11,000 in personal income that first year. Most people don't want to only make $11,000 for working. And by the way, it was working seven days a week, every single day of the week, 12 to 14, sometimes 14 to 18 hours a day, 
seven days a week for the first nine months of that year. You know, most people aren't willing to do that. But I, what I could do is I could not actually, you know, include all of that information and insight into my in my sales page. But all I do is I get people in and under the thing of, well, look where I am today. You can too. Sign up now. And it, could I make a half million dollars in 2015 doing that? Yes. Could I sleep at night knowing that I'm trying to convince all these people that they can do it too? No. And then the reality is, is could people do what I've done? Yes. Absolutely. You could do what I've done. But would you want to do those things? You know, and, and here's the deal. If I look back and, and, and knowing all the things that I know, would I be willing to redo everything that I've done to get me to this place today? Well, no, sitting where I am today, yes, I would, I would so do every single one of those things. I would go through all of that heartache and pain, stress and anxiety, and even two trips to the hospital um, as a result of all of those things. I would go through every single bit of it again because I know that where I am today is where I end up. But here's the thing. Um, the, there's no guarantee that everybody who just follows and duplicates everything I've done will have the same exact results. So many things lined up with, you know, being at the right place and at the right time. And and sometimes it's, I heard another quote, it's, you know, being at the right place is and the right time isn't it. It's actually being the right person at the right place at the right time. And, and so th- there are things that, you know, I just so happened to finally be at a place where I could receive an opportunity. And, and sometimes those things were out of my control. So there's no formula that I could give to say, hey, Here's the things that I've done. Now go do it. And if you do these exact steps, you can ex- expect the same results. Uh, it's going to really stink for three and a half years or four years. And and after that, it's going to get progressively better. And by the time you're eight, in, eight years into it, you're going to be like I am. I can't guarantee that. And I wouldn't suggest that. I would I Now, do I teach people that, you know, what I've done and help to share those things and shave off some learning curve and, and help people to find success faster? Yes. Do I market it such as you can make money? No, I, I just, I anyway. And so, so much of this stuff is focused on how you make money and all this stuff. But that was the first article. The next article is from the Washington Post. All right, the Washington Post, is says, it says, podcasts are back. Again, does, is anybody aware of the fact that they ever left? No, they haven't. But anyway, it says, podcasts are back and making money. All right, so again, uh, you know, going back to this Alex Bloomberg and his startup podcast. Okay, so in episode four, I think it was episode four, uh, they, at the end of the episode, they go to their ATM and I think it's like $348,000 or $384,000 that they have in their checking account. And they, and he's, and Alex says, this is more money than either of us has ever had in our checking accounts ever before. And so all of a sudden it's like, wow, we're profitable now, I'm not saying that they say they're profitable. By the way, Alex Bloomberg and his his co-host or his business partner have not come out and said, we are profitable by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, they're very clear to tell you that, wow, this is, we have no idea where this is going. And yet at the same time, they're they're confident that they will become profitable. But all of a sudden, you know, when it comes to talking about them, these articles are trying to tout it as that podcasts are all of a sudden profitable. And by the way, podcasts, there have been very many um, stories of people who have been profitable with their podcast and the, and with the things that they're doing through their podcasting efforts. 
it's it, there are there is that the norm no but are is it possible it's always been possible but here's the thing i i want people to understand i don't believe that the startup podcast or this company that adam alex bloomberg and his business partner uh are creating i don't think it's profitable yet you know, yeah, it's kind of nice to have $6,000 per episode. And if you had four episodes per month, that's $28,000 in income. Now, if he would have just gone that route and kind of built things gradually and stuff like that with his cost being low, yeah, that would be considered a very profitable venture. Wouldn't you love to have that? Absolutely. But is that the route that he's going? No. Why, you know, if, if he's getting $6,000 per episode from a sponsor, um, Where's the other hundreds of thousands? Well, if you listen to episode four of his startup podcast, you learned that one guy gave him a hundred thousand dollars, and you know he's got a couple of investors. So now he's got three hundred thousand. You know, about three hundred thousand of that dollar of those dollars are somebody else's money. It's 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 kind of it's 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 not a profitable thing. I mean that that money. You know, the ownership of that company is getting diluted and, and it, it, the hope is that that will be profitable down the road. So anyway, just, you know, just the way to think about this stuff. So uh, let's see here. Um, Eric in the chat room says, anytime you have investors, they own part of your company. They will return in the future. Exactly. Uh, so here's the the Washington Post. I've already told you the title here. It says podcast. Here's what it says at the beginning. Podcasts are finally profitable. Whatever. Anyway, and the connection that people, I'm going to read quotes now, and the connection that people can feel toward their favorite podcasts is exactly the sort of relationship that made media company, that may, many media companies are trying to build with their users. See, listen to that. Their users, media companies trying to build with their users. You know what? They're not just they're they're human beings, you know, with their audience, with their community. They don't even have the right language. Anyway, at a time when people can usually can easily skip TV ads, messages from sponsors on podcasts have a way of sinking in. I agree with that. Any, especially when they're read by the host of the show themselves. I agree with that. Analysts say, "Oh, there you go. That was the end of the sentence." As a result, the second wave of podcasts, unlike the first go-around, is promising to make more money. Okay, um, you know what? I see where they're coming from, and I would say there is more hope for podcasts to generate income and also have returns for their and their uh, advertisers. It the 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 promise of or the hope of or the expectation of that is far greater today than it ever has been before. And and I I would actually agree with it. I don't agree that people like the advertisements, as you well know. All right, despite some early enthusiasm, podcasts faded in popularity in the early 2000s. By the way, it never faded in popularity among those who already were excited about it. I mean, were there maybe a handful of people, maybe 2% or 3% of people who started to listen to podcasts and then eventually it just kind of was something they didn't do anymore? Yeah. But I believe that about 98% of all the people who discovered podcasts and the buzzing was so huge, I believe all of those people stuck around. And I believe podcasting's popularity, while the growth curve was almost, you you could just, it was barely perceptible. Uh, when you compare it to what it was when it when people first learned about it, 
But I believe that the popularity has continued to grow, and we're just all of a sudden seeing a second huge growth curve. That's my own feeling on this, and I believe it's my expert opinion on it. Uh, so anyway, here it says, um, do, 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 do. Uh, required them to, okay, so despite some early enthusiasm, they're growing, uh, okay, partly because of many required the download, they were required to be downloaded uh, to play, many people t downloaded them to play on a vehicle, you had to actually download them, I, I'm not going to read that part, radio is still far more popular and lucrative than the fledgling world of podcasts, really, the fledgling world of podcasts, anyway, the industry has withstood the disruption uh, that the and it's talking about radio. The radio industry has withstood the disruption that the internet wrought on newspaper and TV, partly be, thanks to the enormous, to an enormous audio of commuters trapped in cars. <laughs> uh, but podcast enthusiasts believe preferences are beginning to change, and yes, I agree with that. Podcasters are also like the per, also like the personal connection that they have with fans who listen through earbuds or headphones, which can make shows feel more intimate than other forms of media. Yes. Even with the rise of six-second Vine videos and viral listicles on the web, Mars believes there is a strong appetite for long-form audio storytelling. Uh, it's what keeps listeners committed for 20 minutes. And so here's the deal. If you're still hearing my voice right now, you've been listening to me for 41 minutes. 41 minutes. So I agree with that. Your, your podcast audience, you guys are out there. You are, you're in this for the long haul, and I love that. It's one of my favorite things about podcasting. And then the last thing here, Norm Paddett's from Podcast One, uh, let's see here, says a company, he has a company that hosts and distributes podcasts. He says that his podcast sells millions of dollars of ads for popular podcasts by pro wrestler Stone Cold Steve Austin, talk host Adam Carolla, and sportscaster Dan Patrick. Uh, a new podcast launched in June starring Nicole Snooky. Polizzi, uh, from the reality show The Jersey Shore, averages 1.5 million downloads per episode. Norm Pattis is scouting for more stars to launch podcasts. He has signed former CNN host Larry King and his wife, Sean, and Pawn Stars host Rick Harrison. Now, I would tell you, I'm interested in hearing a podcast that is uh, put out by Rick Harrison. Uh, that would be a really good podcast. I'd, I'd love to hear that. Anyway, so there you go. Those are the two articles that are out there. Um, I'm not crazy about the fact that you know, po you know, podcasting is is experiencing a second wave of popularity. Okay, it, it is it is receiving a new wave of popularity. But I wish this focus on these articles in the mainstream wasn't so heavily focused on the money. And I think it's I think it's great that people are out there generating income from podcasts. I I I'm a I'm a huge fan of that. Um but so much focus on the money, it it kind of you know and, and it's so much focus so many of these articles are focused on, you know, the what the big celebrities are doing. And you know that I think that you know there's not enough articles out there that talk about, you know, the the guys in their basements who have actually built something something significant. Now I'm not talking about just myself by the way. 
uh, I've been very blessed to get quite a bit of um, exposure for the things that I'm doing. But I'm talking about some of the people that I've worked with that are out there creating content um, that will never or may never have more than two or 3,000 subscribers, that may never have a single advertiser on their podcast, but they're out there changing the world. They're out there actually generating a significant amount of income based upon people who are buying their products and services that are basically out there just creating podcasts for the fun of it and enjoying life and and this as a, an outlet for them to to have a little bit more sense of purpose and fulfillment in their life, and that's really all they want out of it. I wish there were more stories in mainstream media that kind of talked about that stuff. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say about those things. And wow, 44-hour minutes already, and uh, yeah, we haven't even got into the Adam Carolla stuff. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you that Adam Carolla's uh, gag order, as I said at the opening of the show, has ended, and I have four audio clips from his show, it, it's going to take a little bit of time to get through these. But what I want to do is, I want to tell you this: what I have is just a short sampling of a good bit of conversation. Every bit of you know 20, 30, 40 minutes of conversation in Adam's podcast from October first, two thousand fourteen. You can find the full episode that I'm pulling these clips from if you just go to podcastanswerman.com slash speaks, all one word. Let me go ahead and play the first audio clip for you. And uh, this first clip is about two and a half minutes. What happened with this whole patent troll thing way back in 2013 when we first got sued, but this company is taking down major companies. I mean, they just those guys took Apple to court in the same place where we were sued in Eastern District of Texas. They got $8 million out of those guys. Right. So when they turned around and sued us, it was like, we have got to do something major or they're going to just wipe us out because we cannot afford to litigate against these kind of patent actions. They're just titanically expensive. Well, I think when the machine got cranked up and it was running at full capacity, it was about $100,000 a month. A month. A month. That's the most expensive. Lit- I mean, that's what GM pays. They're, right. They're, you know, they're outside counsel just to put them on retainer. I mean, this is big boy litigation stuff pushed on one company. I mean, this patent troll, personal audio, sued CBS, NBC, and Adam Carolla. Right. I mean, where's the, where's the parody there? These are multinational companies worth tens of billions of dollars and us. And they, do they settle to avoid having to pay the 100000 a month, I mean, basically? the big boys? Yeah. No, I mean, for them, because this patent was all about delivery of content over the Internet. That's what their whole you know, claim was, that they had this uh, episodic playlist that if it served content from your server, from your web operation, you owe them a royalty. And that royalty was whatever they could negotiate with you. But they didn't negotiate. They just sued because they knew, with us particularly, that we couldn't afford to litigate. You know, we're podcasting. So they figured, we're a soft target. We're just going to roll right over. And instead, I think Adam took a very, you know, hard line, which was, we're going to fight it. We're going to crowdsource the defense. We're going to rally the podcasters out there, the Mark Marins and the Jay Moores and the Joe Rogans and the Chris Hardwicks to our, to our, into a common cause and get the listeners all involved. And look what happened. We crowdsourced a half a million bucks. And what we did was we took what was supposed to be a heavyweight fight where they're just going to come out like Clubber Lang and knock us out in the first round. And we dragged them way deeper into the fight than they ever thought they would because they figured we can't spend a hundred grand a month. We can't spend 10 grand a month. They'll do whatever we, they were essentially forced to do. And it didn't happen. So, you know, that was January of 2013. We got sued. We're all the way into July now of 2014 with a trial date approaching in September. And we're still raising money and we're still, 
really making their name synonymous with the name patent troll. I mean, personal audio and patent troll. And although they never admitted it to us, obviously, they finally came to the table essentially in July and said, okay, we can't do this with you guys anymore. We want you to shut up. All right. So that's the first audio clip. And by the way, this is the attorney that represented uh, Adam Carolla. And there are a couple more audio clips. So I'm just going to just play these things here. Uh, here's the second clip. These guys made it easy to make that decision, though, because they came at us for three and a half million. Their first thing was, OK, you guys give us three and a half. This is like in the spring of 2013. Three and a half million dollars. We walk away like hold it. It costs a million five to litigate. We don't have the money, but it costs a million five to litigate. And you want three and a half million. You've now committed us to litigating. Mm. So now we've got to go out and raise the money because obviously you're not going to be reasonable about this. And that's what that's what essentially lit the fuse on crowdsourcing. And I think that that what was created in that fund anything campaign that that, that we got behind was an amazing amount of support for everybody who's got investment in this medium. I think it's, it shows how much you know passion there is out there among the listeners, among the podcasters, you know, to to make sure that this we don't get because now the next company that comes down the pike is going to think twice about coming after us. All right, and here's clip number three. Because what happened was we did not settle. What happened was they dismissed the case. The deal essentially came down to you guys got to stop talking because you're killing our jury pool for Texas. We've got to put trials on against CBS and NBC, and those guys are – that's where the big money is. And you guys are essentially become a thorn in our side. So what we need to do is for you to shut up. And so we said, fine. What's in it for us? Well, we'll walk away. We'll dismiss this without prejudice. We wanted them to dismiss it with prejudice. And what does that mean? The difference is without prejudice, they can come back and sue us again, Right which you don't want. You want to take this thing so they can never come back at you again. But that wasn't going to – they weren't willing to go that far, right? We couldn't get them to that point. So the best we could do was get them to walk away, again, saving us from the cost of a trial. We were looking at somewhere between 750 and another million to put a trial on. We've already exhausted all our funds we raised. We raised about 475000 online, which was fantastic. But we're still operating in deficit. I mean, we've, we've probably – Somewhere between six fifty and six seventy five in total cost, so we're still looking to catch up on this uh, on this whole you know campaign, and we haven't been able to speak to that at all for the last you know forty five days because the first trial did go down, and what do you know? CBS got sued on the same patent that we did, had a week long trial, and boom, they got they got hit for one point three million dollars in damages, and the jury found that they infringed on the patent, which is really nothing for them. But well, you know, it's it's not a great precedent. Both sides are happy on that one, and both sides are the the patent trolls happy to have a decision that, that there's infringement, but they only got one point three million. CBS is unhappy to be found a bit infringing, but they're. They're over the moon about being only hit for $1.3 million. It's a Wait, parking ticket I'm confused CBS. about what ultimately happened, though. Mm-hmm. So, is that the last thing? They they walked away with or without prejudice, or was there another thing no, that happened No, that was it. That? They walked away without prejudice, which, which means, means they, they can sue us again. And that's where it stands right now? Yeah. They can sue us again. Oh. We're not yeah, but they're not. The the woods. Yeah, no, they're not. They're basically saying, we'll come back when you make more money. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to do that because they, you know, Mike, you always do that thing, but they can, but they tried and they... I, I, I don't disagree now, but let's be more successful. Well, no, I'm not planning on that. Yeah, let's, let's not do <laughs> that. And then what about all the other players in the space? Well, so all the other players in the space, you mean NBC and... No, I'm talking um, about the, no, the podcast That was space. the other, what we did as part of our... I hate, I don't want to call it, as part of our dismissal action, we had them produce a, a essentially a PR release stating a non-intention to go after any of the other podcasters that had supported us. Mark Marin, Earwolf, 
Chris Hardwick, well, Moore, or to any Joe of the Rogan. any of the top ones, yeah. basically anybody out there. You know, they they basically put out a statement of non-intention to pursue them, and they, it was easy for them to do that because they found out that there wasn't enough money going on in all the in all of podcasting. They just didn't do their math. They shouldn't have sued us. If they had to do it again, they would have never touched us. They had no idea a what we were what we weren't making, and b they you know we took this porcupine strategy where we just became so prickly and such you know. An impossible sticky. I do that in my personal problem. relationships. Yeah, mm-hmm. it worked. I mean, we really, we as I say, we dragged this this heavyweight way in the late rounds of the fight where they just are punched out. They just all they wanted to do was have us get out off the canvas because we were hurting them. All right, and then the final clip here is talking about their thoughts on what's going on with the EFF, and uh, this will be the last clip that I play from it. But we do have the EFF. The EFF petition to the Patent Trial and Appeal Board against this particular patent. I'm told it's going to be heard this year. If that patent is invalidated by the PTAB, which oversees the Patent Office, then it's all over. Even the CBS decision gets vacated. Who knows what, you know, NBC and and Fox are still, they're, they're mediating now. They could have their trial, so... You know, that's where it, it all could come to an end for this troll. Is that where prior art comes in? I heard a lot about There's that. There's a ton of prior art. Prior art I mean, that's what's so shocking about the CBS decision because the CBS always like, "There's nothing but prior art." There was so much more going on before this patent was ever granted. How it got past this jury, nobody knows. CBS is going to appeal this, and now to get taken on the hands of a jury and put in front of a three-judge panel. Mm. And maybe those guys, because they vacate a lot of these decisions on appeal. So for CBS, this is not going to be difficult. They're going to appeal it. Money's not a, a big factor in them to continue litigating, not like it would be for us. Because if we lost a trial, mm. not only would it cost us a million bucks to undertake the trial, we have to put up a, a, a bond on the on the judgment and then still pay to keep litigating the appeal. It would have mm. been a nightmare. We would have had to shut the business down. We, we had to take the route that we essentially architected, which was be loud, be a problem, get them to walk away it really worked to perfection because i think you know of what adam you know did by rallying everybody it just it it, the strategy worked to perfection well there you go that is uh quite a bit of the conversation that was shared on adam carolla's podcast yesterday uh which was on october 1st 2014 if you want to listen to the entire conversation in fact there's there's quite a bit more of the conversation I, i probably only shared maybe a third of it and uh, there's even talk in there about, you know, when some other there, there was like a podcasters summit, the, the group of podcasters uh, that came over to Adam's house and some other stories in there. If you want to hear it, by the way, um, for those who don't know who Adam Carolla is, it is a it is a um, explicit labeled podcast. So there is quite a bit of language in it if that's a, it's an issue for you. But if you want, you can go again. The The link to that particular episode, I just created a short link to it. Podcastanswerman.com slash Adam Speaks. And just jump right about 15 minutes into the episode. And it, that's where all this stuff starts at. So anyway, there you go. I I, I was found it very enlightening to, to hear a little bit of his side of the story about how things went there. And um, it confirms in my mind that I, I think that we have nothing to worry about at this point in time. Nor do I feel like we'll have anything to worry about at any time going into the future. Uh, and I wasn't worried at all from the very beginning, which is is really cool. All right. So the next thing that I have here and looking at the time, if I do the next topic, it definitely puts us over one hour. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and share just a few little uh, updates uh, about some things that I want to share with you. Um, first of all, the next level workshop that Ray Edwards and I talked about, I think it was two episodes ago, 
Um, we originally said that this was going to be following the pot platform conference there in Colorado Springs, Colorado, which it still is. However, we had mentioned that it was really going to be for people to kind of unpack and and uh, really get a feel for, okay, taking all this fire hose of information and then being able to get some help on narrowing down how does this information apply specifically to you. Well, the first few folks that signed up for this event had no intention of, of uh, gaining that value the, that we were going to be offering from the event. Uh, they really weren't there for that particular reason. In fact, they were there for an entirely different reason. To keep me from going into it in great detail here, there is a very good video on my site that you can go to over at nextlevelstudio.tv. Again, just go to nextlevelstudio.tv. That's the sales page for this event. I encourage you to go over there and see if the new focus is something that you are interested in. If you've been thinking about coming to this one-day event that Ray Edwards and I are doing, um, it is going to be an opportunity for you to connect at a much deeper level with myself and Ray Edwards and also some other top-rated people who are doing some amazing things in this online space. And uh, it, it, it really is going to be a day that will help form some relationships for people that will forever change their lives. That's about all I'll say about that. Just go over to nextlevelstudio.tv. There's a video that I did explaining the shift in focus for this one-day event. So again, if that has any bearing of interest to you whatsoever, go to nextlevelstudio.tv. Alrighty, um, and then let's see here. I want to make an announcement that my WordPress for Podcasters tutorial is brand new. Just created a brand new version of WordPress for Podcasters. For those of you who do not yet have a web hosting account uh, and are thinking about creating a WordPress-based podcast, my WordPress for Podcasters tutorial is absolutely 100% fresh, up-to-date, and step-by-step. You can't Really, I mean, it, it really, every single step of the way, it's there. Uh, you can, and basically, it'll walk you through the setup of your hosting account. It'll walk you through installing WordPress, how to install the podcasting plugin, configuring the podcasting plugin, how to upload your first podcast episode, um, even, you know, what ca- account to create over at Libsyn, and um, then how to upload your file to Lipson, how to take that and create your first podcast episode, how to create your RSS feed and send it over to iTunes and even Stitcher. So if you are interested in that, it's a WordPress for podcasters and you can find that over at podcastanswerman.com slash products, by the way, podcastanswerman.com slash products. And also I wanted to mention an update on Spencer Hawes. Spencer Hawes, uh, some of you may recognize that name. That was a guy that I talked about in episode number 355 of Podcast Answer Man. He had done a blog post titled, Why You Should Not Start a Podcast. And I spent, like I said, two hours, I think it was, talking about why all the th- reasons I thought he was, you know, his 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 assumptions were inaccurate. Um, so basically what I did, or what happened was as a result of some feedback from his own audience and also after listening to my show, he made a, dis- a decision that he would give a concerted effort to be consistent and t- try to take on as much of that advice as possible and continue to do his podcast for a while to see how things go. Well, I've stayed subscribed to his show and he's brought in a co-host and he's not doing interviews all the time. He does them whenever he feels led to, which I think is great. 
and they talk about their business and the things that are going on. It's kind of like updates in of you know behind the scenes and in between the blog posts. I think it's a better format for them. Their audio quality has not improved very much, but it's it's not all about the audio quality for them, and so that's fine. Uh, and and I haven't listened to every single episode, but I want to tell you episode number forty six of their podcast. It's called Niche Pursuits is amazing. In fact, I've created a URL for it, podcastanswerman.com slash Haas46. That's H-A-W-S-4-6. So if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash Haas46, you'll be able to go right over to their episode and listen to it. And what I loved about it is they talk about at length sort of a, a, a huge business obstacle. It, you, I, I wouldn't call uh, call it a failure or some people would call what, you know, it's like they've experienced a failure. They've experienced something that failed, uh, something that they knew could fail and it actually did end up failing and maybe sooner than they thought it might have. And it's something that is a, it, it was a, a significant setback in their business and to actually get behind the microphone and be so real and authentic, and also how it's changed their perspective on what they will and will not do or teach in their business moving forward. One of my favorite podcast episodes I've heard in a long time, and and you know, like I said, I I, I stayed subscribed to their podcast just to see what it is, and I haven't listened to very much, but I listened to that episode, and I encourage you to check it out over at podcastanswerman.com forward slash hws four six. All right, and yeah, I mean, I should just not worry about staying right at an hour, but I, I know some of you guys wish, really wish I would, but um, you know what? No, I, I will stay at an hour. How about that? I have, uh, let me go ahead and hit this music. So here's the deal. What I'm going to tell you is next week's episode, I will talk about a brand new audio branding package I have. I will talk to you next week about... Um, how, I'll give you an inside look on how I explain what a podcast is to somebody who all of a sudden if say, when you ask them, hey, if have you ever heard of a podcast? And they say, is that an internet thing? Well, what would you say in response to that? Well, I had an opportunity. I, I actually have this conversation with lots of people. I mean, it's, it's a conversation I have all the time. But I happened to have that happen to me while I was recording an episode of, uh, an episode of Pursuing a Balanced Life. And next week, I will include the audio recording of that conversation so you can hear how that went. So much fun. And what else will I move over to next week? Um, my new audio branding package with some friends of mine. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you about that next week as well. And uh, end of show announcements here. Platform Conference is coming up in November if you haven't signed up yet. Uh, myself, uh, Ray Edwards, Pat Flynn, some other great people are going to be at, in Colorado this November. Uh, go over to platformconference.tv, platformconference.tv, and use promo code CLIFF. You'll save $100 off if you haven't signed up already. Again, if you want to spend that extra day there and um, hang out with myself, Ray, and some other folks, get all the details in the new video found at nextlevelstudio.tv. And uh, yeah, I think that's, oh, by the way, there's an online conference for those of you who like to attend a lot of webinars and gain all kinds of valuable insights from other people and experts in different various niche 
industries and social media business and stuff like that. Social Media Success Summit 2014 from the folks over at Social Media Examiner, my friend Michael uh, Stelsner. Um, that is happening all through October. You can sign up at gspn.tv slash social media. That's my affiliate link, by the way. Again, that's gspn.tv slash social media. And that will get you over to there. You can learn more about that. I will be doing a session for them as well. And then I have not done this in a very long time. Let's see how much time I have. I have enough time to do this, I think. I want to say thank you to those of you who have been using my Bluehost affiliate link to sign up for your hosting account. In fact, there is turn-studio.com, thestrangeinthecity.com, linkedintraining.tv, rainbashed.com, financialplannersofatlanta.com, wegotathing.com, dumphouseofdreams.com, cobvista.com, lessonsinpain.com, thefantasyelite.com, instrengthcoach, or no, hs strengthcoach.com ssnapradiopost.com couragenotfear.com greenroomconversations.com defeatingdiabetes.net gettingonyournerves.net oldtimehockeyuk.com rusticcountrydesigns again that's rusticcountrydesigns.studio thank you all Anyway, thank you guys so much. If you want my thoughts on hosting over at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting, I'll be back next week. God bless. Podcast Answer Man.